in line with beginnings, and, uh, and especially here for 2017. Many times Christians feel like there's, a, there's a, a change that's needed in their lives. Many times Christians are looking forward to something new. Human beings feel that we are the masters of our own fate and the captains of our soul, as the expression goes. But we should come to understand that when we continually try to do things for ourselves and to plan our futures all by ourselves, that we get no results. Or at best, we, those results are short-lived. So let's turn to Joshua 1. Joshua chapter 1. Joshua 1, 1 to 9. We all know these scriptures quite well, I'm sure. 2017. Am I going to struggle the way I did through 2016? Am I going to look back on the things on 2017, 2016? Some things didn't go too great, Lord, in 2016. Some things didn't look so too appealing, okay? Are you there, Lord? Are you there? This is happening in my life. God, are you there? Starting with Joshua 1, 1. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. Think about that now. If you're praying for something in your life, every step that you take in God, God has given that to you in terms of success. In terms of success, okay? Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. Underline that, please. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. If you have people that are challenging you, giving you a hard time to go to do to go right now, remember that no weapon formed against you shall prosper in the plans that that man, that human being, has for you. You know it will not stand. Not man. Uh, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. So I was with Moses. So I will be with you. Be with you. Uh, be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Please underline all of that. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage. Underline, be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto thy fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous. There it is again, please underline. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left. Please in the line. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. What God is saying there is that as you're moving forward, don't be distracted. 
Don't turn to the left. Don't go to the right. Be steadfast in God and keep on moving forward. Keep on moving forward. Okay? Because it says, and then that way, you'll wind up prospering wherever you go. See? The problem with life is that we have so many distractions that come our way. Those distractions can come in the form of people. They can come in the form of events. They can come in the form of illness. They can, they can come in the form of, of, of anything just, uh, uh, just being something to get our mind off of God. Uh, I wasn't going to mention this, but it's popping into mind, so I'm going to, going to say, you know, as a distraction. Um, I've had this thing with, with dentists since I was a little kid. I had a real traumatic experience with a dentist where I bled for 24 hours, etc., etc., and so I really put a scar on me. And so in going to dentists, that one is one of my biggest fears that in the name of Jesus I rebuke constantly, okay? Just because I'm a pastor, don't think that I'm not touched by the same things that you guys are touched with. Jesus himself said that too, as a matter of fact. But um, uh, I had to have an extraction done last week, and all during the week before that, every day before that, oh my gosh, I was kind of on pins and needles. I had to constantly stay in prayer. And that old spirit of fear kept rising up, kept rising up, kept rising up. You know, my mind was going back. Technicolor review of what happened to me when I was nine years old, you know. And all this. And so I just had to go there constantly in prayer. And as I laid in a dentist chair, literally, literally, I was in prayer the whole time, just praying in tongues in my mind, just literally, because I would not be distracted. Okay? All right? I even thought about, well, gee, was I can postpone this. Okay? There's ice out there. You know, I can postpone this distraction, distraction. But no, I had to stay on God. I had to stay focused on God. So I got there in that chair, and I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed. And the next thing, what was done in record time, she was tapping me on the shoulder. Okay, you're done. You feel okay? All right. It's done? I'm like, yay. So now I was worried about the bleeding because I had profuse bleeding. No blood. I mean, a little speck on the gauze they packed in there. You know, the other thing lasted me for weeks. I had to go back and get stitches. None of that. No problems whatsoever. None whatsoever. All right, all right. If you feel any pain, take a couple of Tylenol with um, acetaminophen or whatever they call it. You know, all right. they have to take a whole lot of drugs and nothing. You see. So the point I'm making is that even in that little case, the devil would have me distracted. Okay. And the Word of God says here, turn not from it to the to, uh, to the right hand nor to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy, thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Please in the line, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Amen. If you're having issues in life and you're not meditating on God's word, then that gives room for that issue in your life to just prosper. The issue winds up prospering instead of you prospering. Amen? So it says to meditate on God's word day, day and night. Um, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Underline, please. And, and underline also it says, Have not I commanded thee? God is commanding to be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid underline, neither be thou dismayed underline, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Underline the whole verse. Amen. Amen. So regardless of what is going on in your life, to be strong and, of good, and be of good courage. Don't be afraid and don't be dismayed. So many times in our lives when things are going on that are not going the way that we want them to go or we're praying about and it's not going the way we, we're praying for it to go, we wind up becoming dismayed. Okay? Well, being dismayed about something, then guess what? If you're not careful and check it, it morphs into you um, uh, creating doubt. 
Amen. And then along with doubt comes what? Unbelief or disbelief. Along with unbelief then becomes more and more fear and so on. Amen. So the answer to this is to stay in the word, meditate therein day and night. Okay. Now, when the scriptures came to me, it came to me during, during prayer. And what I heard Holy Spirit say was that read these scriptures twice a day. So I'm giving this to you. I'm passing it on to you. Read these scriptures, Joshua 1, 1 to 9, twice a day for the next 30 days. And I, I say to you that you'll see a change in your life. Okay? Now, this is not some magic, you know, I, I hate where they say, you know, you send in 9.99 and I'll send you this prayer cloth and all this kind of stuff here. I'm merely saying to you that you read these scriptures, Joshua 1, 1 to 9, twice a day, morning and, morning and evening or whenever you want to do it. But read them twice a day for 30 days and you'll see a change in your life. And the reason, and when I reread this, I can see why. Because what this will do, you know, see, we, we human beings are creatures of habit. You know, uh, one thing you learn when you're a teacher in school or even in management, for that matter, how do you teach a team of people to, to do something or to learn something is through something called spaced repetition, spaced repetition. You, 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 you say what you're going to say and then you say it and then you repeat what you said and so on like that. Well, it's, it's kind of this is what God is saying here to meditate. This book of the law, verse eight, this book of the law shall not depart of thy, out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. How can you do all that is written therein if you don't know what is written therein? Amen? Amen? So you get in the habit of reading scriptures continually. So start here with, with reading that uh, twice a day for 30 days and then take, take, do, a, do a mental or a spiritual check on how your life is and I guarantee you that you'll see some difference. However, uh, um, you know, and also we also have to know here that God is going to do a new thing for 2017. Let's go to Nehemiah 43. And I love this scripture here. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, not Nehemiah, Isaiah. Nehemiah doesn't have 43 chapters. Isaiah 43. <coughs> this is 2000. It's 2017. This is a new year. And we're going to start with um, verse number 1. Isaiah 43. Praise the living God. I'll wait, give everybody a chance to get there. Praise God. We're not in any rush. It's important stuff. Important stuff. <clears throat> One of the things that we need to do, and because it seems like there's so much going on in everyone's life today that uh, it's hard to remember sometimes that God's word is the ultimate, is the ultimate um, measurement for success and the ultimate uh, textbook, if you will, or manual to guide us through life. And so sometimes we get distracted away from reading it. But chapter 43. But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that informed thee, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. So remember, you are God's. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. The Lord knows that when you're going through a difficult time, many times you've heard the expression even, oh gee whiz, how you do 
doing? Oh, I'm just treading water. I feel like I'm drowning. Well, when you're passing through those times where you feel like you're drowning, or you feel like there's something going on in your life that is so heated up and like with fire, God is saying here that he'll be with you. Remember that he'll be with you. And that you shall not drown, nor shall the fire or the flame kindle upon thee. Verse 3, For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Saber for thee. Since thou wast precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable, and, my, and I have loved thee. Therefore will I give men for thee and people for thy life. Fear not, for I am with thee. Please in the line. Fear not, fear not, fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring my, thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, keep not back. Bring um, my sons uh, from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Even every one that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. You realize that you are created for God's glory. You know, many people I've heard say, well, what is my purpose in life? You know, uh, you know, I think, therefore I am, you know, and they try to get very philosophical and so on like that. You know, it's very simple. You know, your purpose in life is to glorify God. It's to glorify God. That means in everything that you do, you know, and you will stop. If you remember that, you'll kind of stop and think twice when you start to do something that's outside of God's word. You know, am I, is, is this action that I'm about to take, is it glorifying God? Is this thing that I'm about to be involved in, is it glorifying God? Are these words that I'm listening to, is it glorifying God? Is this movie that I'm watching, is it glorifying God? Amen. That is the reason that we are here, to glorify God. Verse number 8 says, Bring forth the blind people that have eyes and the deaf that have ears. Let all the nations be gathered together and let the people be assembled who among them can declare this and show us former things. Let them bring forth their witnesses as they may be justified or let them hear and say it is truth. You are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. Please underline that. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be, be uh, after me. You know, when you stop and think about the, the eternity of, of God, God always was and God always will be. And how do you wrap your head around that? Well, simply put, you can't. You, you can't. You, 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 you simply can't. God is someone that always exists and always will exist. So if he always existed and, and always will exist, and he's the creator, and he is the one that is saying to me repeatedly that he loves me, he is the one that is saying to me repeatedly, Fear not, be of good courage, for I, the Lord thy God, am with thee. If this, this eternal being is with me, then why should I fear? Why should I be worried? Amen? But it never fails, though, because we as human beings, something happens in our lives, and the first thing we do is we start getting nervous, we start crying, we start getting heart palpitations, because all of a sudden, Lord, what am I going to do? Well, that's exactly what you should be saying. Lord, what am I going to do? Because he has the answers. Verse number 11 says, I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. Read Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43. Uh, I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. I have declared and have saved, and I have showed, showed when there was no strange God among you. Therefore you are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am God. Yea, before the day was I, was I am he. And there is none that can deliver out of my hand. I will work, and who shall let it? 
Thus saith the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sake I have sent to Babylon and have brought down all their nobles and the Chaldeans whose cry is in the ships. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus saith the Lord, which maketh a way in the sea and a path in the mighty waters, which brings forth the chariot and the horse, the army and the power. They shall lie down together, they shall not rise, they are extinct, they are quenched as tow. Remember you not the former things. Please in the line. Remember you not the former things. Neither consider the things of old. Don't be looking at 2016 or before. Behold, I will do a new thing. Underline please. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So those of us for 2017 who have things before us that seem like impossible tasks... God is telling you here today that he will make a way in the wilderness. You know, now a wilderness, of course, is always something that is perceived as, you know, no water and there's no resources round about and it's just a difficult time for you to pass through. But this is saying that whatever is before you for 2017, that God is going to make a way. So while you're sitting there right now and maybe you're thinking about the things that have to start Monday morning, you know, or Tuesday or whatever it is, or next month or whatever, that is giving you some, some hesitancy or giving you some, some trouble or that you're concerned about, God is saying that he is going to make the way. Amen. Amen. The same way like when I was sitting in the dental chair, dentist chair, I did not know what the way was going to be. All I knew was that God was going to get me through this. Didn't have to know how. But the sheer fact of knowing that God is going to get you through will give you, give you such power in your spirit, give you such will in your mind that you can move forward and trust in God. Amen. Amen. Uh, <clears throat> The beasts of the field shall honor me, the dragons and the, and the owls, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. Please in the line to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people have I formed for myself, they shall show forth my praise. But thou hast not called upon me, O Jacob, but thou hast been weary of me, O Israel. Thou hast not brought me the small cattle of thy burnt offerings, neither hast thou honored me with thy sacrifices. I have not caused thee to serve with an offering, nor wearied thee with, save, um, with incense. Please, please put a bracket around 23. Because now what God is talking about, sacrifice. It's talking about giving. We obviously, we don't live in, in, a, uh, in a farming, an agrarian society where we are all farmers and we have cattle, so we certainly can't give of cattle, okay? But what we do have in terms of our, our um, money, our salaries and thing, our earnings is our, is our way of offering, giving offerings to God. This is, this is in tithes and offerings. Yeah, well, I'm not going to go to Malachi 3.10, but you know what it says about giving and about tithing. And God says, will you rob me by not tithing of me? And then God goes on to say, you say, give to me and I will surely... I will open up the windows of heaven. I will pour out my blessings upon you. Amen. So many times if we're not being blessed and something is not going on in our lives, maybe that's one checkpoint that we need to revisit. How are we giving to God? Okay. And, and, and here he's talking about sacrifices, you see, and that's exactly what it was deemed. It was a sacrifice because it was also something that was not necessarily easy to give up. When, we, when they had cattle, the sacrifice or the offering was the best, the first fruit of that, of that, um, of that crop or the 
first fruit, their first offspring of the cattle that they had. Maybe they could not afford or felt they could not give of it, but they gave because that's what God's word was saying to do. Well, so it is today in modern society. We are to give to God. Amen. Not only in, t- in terms of tithes, but also in, t- in terms of offerings. Um, thou hast not brought me the small cattle of thy birth offerings, neither hast thou honored me with thy sacrifices. I have not caused thee to serve with an offering, nor wearied thee with incense. Thou hast brought me no sweet cane with money, neither hast thou filled me with the fat of thy sacrifices. But thou hast made me to serve with thy sins. Thou hast wearied me with thine iniquities. I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for mine own sake. I will not remember thy sins. Put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. Declare thou that thou mayest be justified. Thy first father hath sinned, and thy teachers have transgressed against me. Therefore I have profaned the princes of the sanctuary, and I have given Jacob to the curse, and Israel to reproaches. Okay, but the key operative's word there, words there are in verse number 19, where he says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness. Amen. So now that we're seeing here that God is going to do a new thing for 2017, and this is what I was hearing in preparing this message here, that how do we, how do we go about waiting for this to happen? You know, God is simply saying here that I am doing, going to do a new thing for you, and you're saying in 2017, well, the, the obvious question would be, well, two, that's 2017, that's a whole year. So when are these new things supposed to happen? There may be something in your life or in your mind that you need to happen today, that you need to happen tomorrow. Amen? But we know that God is a God where everything is done in his time. God is the author of time. Who knows the full functionality of a thing better than its creator? Part of the trusting in God is believing that he is the creator of all things. Therefore, he is the sole inventor of time. You are not the creator of time. Time only exists because God Almighty created it. So you must trust the fact that he knows how to manage it perfectly. All right, so God knows how much time you have in your life. God knows the various steps and chapters in your life. So whatever it is that you're praying for and you're hoping for, remember that God is, is the creator of time. So he has control over it. God does not make mistakes. It is impossible for God to fail. So whatever it is that he's planning for you, God is not going to fail in that plan. Amen. He has never made a mistake and he never will. Everything that the Lord does, he does with a purpose. Furthermore, there are things that God doesn't do, but for a specific purpose, he permits things to happen. And that's what I was saying before even. All right, God will permit things to happen and it may not be in line with what you see. The third point is God knows more than you. It would be impossible for God to be supreme over all creation if he did not possess the ability to know all things. Amen? God has total knowledge. You have to trust in God's omniscience. The fact that God knows everything, you simply have to trust in it. Oftentimes we feel that we are ready for certain things and we're not. Alright? Many times we think or we say to ourselves, well God this is what I'm praying for. This is what I need. I can do this. I should be able to accomplish that. You see? But unknown to you you may not be ready for what you think you're ready for. Okay? All right? All right? I mean, there are things coming up as a younger man that I would have loved to have, and I don't remember, I may have even prayed for them, but didn't wind up getting them, and it's probably a good thing. You know, getting me a super fast red car when I was 17, 
most likely was not a good idea. Amen. So I didn't get it. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. So many times there are things that we are praying for that can be in terms of that can be in terms of uh, of a thing, of an object. It can be in terms of people. It can be in terms of associations with people. Something that you want to happen or some place that you want to be, and maybe God does not want that to happen because you may not be ready, or either the thing that you are praying for may not be ready. Amen. So everything has to be in God's time. Now, what better way to notice that is that when you're watching something that's being constructed, you know, you're in a hurry for something to be built and you say, well, why can't they just go on and have the electricity turned on? You know, something like that, okay? And you certainly can't turn the electricity on before it's connected to the local power and, and so on like that, or you're standing in water, amen, you know, and you, you're okay, you, you see what I'm saying, okay? So many times in life, and we just want something so badly, that that thing looks so, you know, a couple of sermons ago I talked about the shiny object, you know? We see that shiny object that looks so appealing and that I think that this is where I should be and what I should have. And you don't know the surrounding events. You don't know the, the baggage or whatever that might be going on peripherally around that thing, you see. See, but God does. God does. Okay, okay. If you, if you, for some reason, you desired that you wanted to go to Mount Hood and take the most difficult ski, ski route down there and just snow down and just go flying down that and be so glorious and just enjoy the wind in your hair and everything like that, but you haven't taken a skiing lesson in your life. Amen? 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 Okay, okay. You see, you see? Now, silly analogy, but so many times we do that. We do that. We pray for things and we want things and we're not prepared for it. And we think we are. You see, we think we are. You see, And that's a part of the human condition because we will always, if you're looking at yourself, I mean, unless you have some psychological issues or conditions, if you're looking at yourself, you will view yourself many times as being more pumped up and more prepared than what you think you are. All right? Okay, I would. Told Ma, oh, Ma, I'll never get hooked on smoking. Michael, you'll need to smoke. I'll never get hooked on smoking. And there I was a few years later, you know, a pack a day, just, just smoking away. So at the time, you feel like you're just in, in, you're invincible. You see, God knows your limitations. Now, if you're praying for something and it's obviously it's in, and it's in line with God's word, he's not going to let it come to pass until you are ready for it. Okay? Now, the things in your life that you might be praying for and the things that you might need to be prepared for are not always within your power. Okay? You don't know the future. You don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. You know, I've told you many times about a job, a management job that I was praying for and everything. And the bottom line, it just took a long time to play out. And and I saw some things that made me think I didn't get the position. You know, like the office that I would normally have in that position, someone else occupying it. You know, and that just greatly set me back and I just prayed about it. But God had to move other obstacles out of the way. And there were things that had to be removed out of the way that no way I could do, okay, had to be taken care of before I could be promoted to that position, which I eventually got. So whatever it is in life that you're looking for, be it related to, to circumstances, to a job, pertaining to people, uh, 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 people that you associate with, or whatever it might be, wherever you think you need to be, or wherever you think you, 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 you should be, make sure it's in line with God's Word, because you may not be prepared for that yet, you know, or you don't know what the circumstances are surrounding it, you see. God knows our strengths and our weaknesses. Most of the time, you know, we sit around and look at our strengths. You know, you ever do any of those um, questionnaires or were you having an interview where the interviewer said to you, what are your strengths? You can rattle those off. 
Then you get around, what are your weaknesses? One of the things I would, I would always watch for when an interviewee put down no weaknesses, I was always suspect of a person that said they had no weaknesses. Okay? All right. So you stop and think about that. We all can, can chime and thump our chests about our strengths. But what are your weaknesses? And again, that's a part of the human condition. doesn't mean that you're crazy or something is wrong. You're deranged because you don't think you have any weaknesses. Amen? But it's part of the human condition. You see? You see? And, and we don't recognize weaknesses in us. We're quick to recognize so-called strengths, but the weaknesses we don't. So therefore, we think that we are more prepared. And I won't say qualified. I say we think that we are more prepared. Amen? Listen carefully to what I'm saying. You can be qualified for something doesn't mean you're prepared for it. Amen? Amen? You can be qualified for something. doesn't mean you're prepared. You see, God knows whether you are prepared or not. All right? Okay, okay, okay. You can be qualified to do something and not have an ounce of wisdom on what to do with it as you're executing, as you're executing that power to do whatever it is that you're doing. Okay? All right, all right. You need to have the wisdom, which means that you're not prepared. God said in Scripture that there are certain things that I would never give man the ability to do because then man would go around saying, look at me, I did it. Okay? So without spiritual preparation, there are many things that you're not ready for. So therefore, it has to be in God's time. You have to remember that God is in control. Go to Romans 8. Romans 8, let's just start at 24. Romans 8, 24. For we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man sees, why does he yet hope for? But if we hope for that, which, for that we see not, then we do with patience wait for it. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man sees, why does he hope for it? But if we hope for that, we see not. Then we do with patience, wait for it. Amen? So in other words, there, you know, something that is in front of you, you know, you've got a car standing in front of you, you've got the keys to that car. Why are you hoping for a car when you've got a car? Okay? The real essence of hope is when there's something in your life that you're praying for, something in life that you're, you're striving for, something in life that you're praying for, but you don't see any any visible, any physical proof of that thing coming to pass. All right? 2017 is going to bring this into your, into your life. Okay, mark my words. 2017 is going to bring this into your life. There'll be things that you'll be hoping for, things that you're praying for, things that you're, you're, you're striving for, and you're looking for answers, you're looking for solutions, but you're not going to see any visible signs of how you're going to, to, to benefit or overcome or win out in this particular circumstance. Amen, amen, amen. But it's when you continue to have hope, hope that we hope for that we see not, then do we with present, with our patience, wait for it. Amen. So then that's where the patience of God comes upon you. This is when you have to say, well, Lord, I don't see any evidence of how this is going to come to pass. I don't see any way, Lord, how this is going to wind up benefiting in my, in my favor. 
Amen. You can't see it. I can't see that car that's in front of me, so how am I going to get home? As opposed to, we don't hope for a car when you can see the car right there in front of you. You see, you see. And it's so easy for me or anyone else to stand up here and to tell you, keep the faith, baby. Stand tall, stand tough. It's going to work out fine. Just keep the faith and have hope. It's easy for me to say that. Amen. The bottom line, though, is that when that comes into my life, how do I deal with it? And when it comes into your life, how do you deal with it? Mm-hmm. Amen? Amen. So that's a personal thing. You've got to reconcile to yourself that 2017, Jesus said, Jesus, Jesus said, when you have tribulations, okay? He said, but I am greater than the world. I've come to overcome the world. So while we as Christians may have tribulations and things may come against you, remember that Jesus Christ is greater than that. Amen. And while you may not see evidence of this thing, because what does the scripture say? We walk by faith and not by sight. Okay. God said that I'm going to get home. I'm going to get home from the sanctuary to my house. I walk outside and my car's gone. But I heard the Lord tell me I'm going to get home. Then I said, okay, then he's going to provide a chariot or something. Amen. He's going to translate me or something, but God's going to get me home. Amen. So that's what you hoping for, for things that are not seen. That's what hope is. So as 217 rolls out in front of you and you have these challenges that come before you, remember these words. We're, we're living in a different time, saints of God. We're living in a different time. We're seeing things play out on the national, the world front for that matter, as well as right here within our state that have not occurred before. Things are different. You've heard of people drinking Kool-Aid and all those expressions, but you keep hearing the same things that are just being, being, being proffered and being said by people, which tells me that that's spiritually involved. Spiritually involved, because no way can people that are living three, 4,000 miles apart all of a sudden start mouthing the same exact words repeatedly, repeatedly. Amen. Amen. There was a report on TV that the, the rate uh, where Christians are being persecuted around the world, it's dramatically risen. It's dramatically risen. Amen. So 2017 is going to bring challenges for us Christians. So we need to know what God is telling us relative to these things. All right. So at 25 again to continue. But if we hope for that, we see not. Uh, then do we with patience wait for it. Um, likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself makes intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And, uh, and he that searcheth the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to the purpose. Amen. So what that means is that the thing that you're Waiting for for 217, the thing that you're praying about, this thing that you think you deserve, or the thing that you think you should have, the person you think you deserve, or the person you think you should have, the job you think you should have, or the job you think you should have, doesn't come to pass. Remember that you are a child of God, so therefore all things work together for good if you love God. Amen. So remember that God is in charge here. God is in charge. And just because things don't go the way I think they should go, it doesn't mean that God has forsaken me. It doesn't mean that God has turned his back on me. It doesn't mean that God didn't hear my prayer. Okay? I mean, we all have had, have had kids around us. Some we have. Some of you have nephews, nieces, or whatever. And you know how many times kids, kids will demand things. Ready? And you don't give them everything that they want. Some things you know are just simply not good for them. All right? The kid will throw a tantrum, but then he'll get over it. He knows that mommy, daddy, auntie, uncle loves me, and the kid gets over it. 
All right, many times we as adults, we don't get things the way we want them to happen. And what happens? We throw, we throw adult tantrums. How many have seen it? I've seen adults throw tantrums. Okay, just because they didn't get what they thought they should have. Okay? And we as children of God, we certainly should not be there. Yeah, does that mean that when something doesn't go your way, you feel a little tinge of disappointment? Of course you do. We're all human. You know, myself included. Oh, wow. You know, all this, all that. Okay, but then you've got to quickly regroup and say, well, wait a minute, though. If this didn't happen, then there was something else down the pike here that may have been detrimental to me. Maybe good reason why God did not let this thing pan out for me. God may have saved me from something. God knows you. He knows what's good for you. God knows what good he wants for you. So he's just not going to be opening doors just because you think it's a good door to be opened. Amen? A, a child, would eat, a child would, would, eat a, would eat a 10 pound bag of candy in one sitting if you let him. Amen? If you take that bag of candy away from the child, you say, oh, if you can't. <laughs> he can't. You know, amen. You know, a child, a child, you get a 10 pound uh, bag of candy. You take that candy from the baby, from that child, the child throws a tantrum. Amen? But ultimately, it's for that child's good. It's for that child's good. Well, that's the way God is with us. You see, but we don't all, oftentimes see that because we just want, want, want. You know, what's that old prayer? My name, Lord, my name is Jimmy. Just gimme, gimme, gimme. You know, you know, and we don't realize that what we're praying for might not be a good thing. And why? Because we can't see beyond our noses. God knows the future. You know? God knows the future. It's like building a house on sand. You know, you push the, build a house on sand and the word tells you in advance, don't do that. You know, but you go build that house anyway. You know, you, you try to build a house on sand. You go and you get a contract to build on sand. And then at the last minute, the deal falls through. And then you get angry at God. Why didn't it, why didn't it fall through? Why did it fall through? You, you, you know, why didn't I get that contract to build that house on the sand? And God is sitting there saying, dummy, don't you know if you had done that? Amen? Amen? So many things in our lives are like that. You know, we think because of the fact that we don't get it, we get angry at God. Well, you don't know what's happening 24 hours down the pike. You don't know what's about to happen. God saved your bacon. See? But we get upset. Oh, God, why have you forsaken me? Oh, Lord, you didn't hear my prayers. Didn't you see the cries at night time at 3 o'clock in the morning? Yeah, God heard your prayers. But you know what? If you were praying and listening, okay, instead of having a prayer that's a one-way conversation to God, if you've been praying and listening, and you've been living life to the point that you can hear Holy Spirit, because Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He doesn't always shout at you. Okay, but if you're so messed up in your head or intoxicated or on weed or whatever that you can't hear Holy Spirit talking to you, then you miss what God is trying to tell you. It's not that God hasn't tried to warn you or to tell you, you see, you know, or you haven't been meditating upon God's word to hear what his word would say to you about that situation, you know. Then it's not God's fault if we continue to go forth in that direction that we think we should be going in. 2017. Challenges, saints of God, challenges. Like the song was saying there, we need to come home. We need to come home. We need to come home and get back to the basics, to the basics of God, of understanding um, who He is, knowing that all things work together for good to them that love God, and that's the key, to them who are called according to His purpose. A couple more scriptures here, um, knowing in your heart of hearts that, that with God nothing is impossible. Go to Luke. A couple of more here, and then we're going to close. Luke 1. Thank you, Jesus. 
Praise the living God. Luke 1. Luke 1. And verse, verse number 34. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Luke 1, verse number 34. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know no man? This is when uh, Mary was told by the angel that she was going to have a baby. Um, Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, uh, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her, who uh, was called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Please in the line. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Okay? So here you see she was presented with an impossible proposition. She said, How can this be? Am I going to become pregnant when I don't know a man? I haven't known a man. You see? Things in your life that you might be praying for may seem impossible to you. Amen. He, he goes on further to say, uh, at, the, at the appointed time, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. Therefore, this holy thing shall be called the Son of God. And also, at the same time, behold, your cousin Elizabeth, even though she was old and barren, she's also going to give birth. Oh, here's an example of someone else where it would seem to be impossible. Okay? All right? Now, if God can do these impossible things here, quote-unquote impossible things here, you don't think God can do the same thing in your life? I mean, yeah, I mean, to talk about impossibilities by our standards. I mean, here's, here's a young lady who had never been with a man, and yet still she comes up pregnant. Here's another, another woman, her cousin, who's very old and was barren on top of that, deemed that she could not have babies, children, and here she is pregnant. So with God, nothing is impossible. You see? You see? But the key here also is the last verse there in 38 where it says, And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. So in other words... You've got to accept what God is saying. She didn't go continue fighting and say, I, No, no, I'm sorry, angel. You're going to tell me you're pregnant. No, no, no. I've never been this. I've never done that. No. And Elizabeth, what are you talking about? She's 103,000 years old. You said she's with a baby. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. You know? Yeah, yeah you, you know, I mean, come on. You, you know, she, she didn't argue the point. She didn't argue the point, you know? You see, you see, but we as human beings, we do that. We do that in our own minds. God will tell us that so-and-so is going to happen with you, so-and-so is going to be done, and then we pop up with a thousand and one excuses why that couldn't be. You know? You're going to get me home from the, from the church to home, and, and my car's been stolen? How's that going to be? No, nah, that's not going to happen. You see? Then you talk yourself right off because you've confessed otherwise. But Mary, in her wisdom, she just simply said, okay. According to your word. You see? That's what we need to be in 2017. Amen? Whatever things come up before you, do not think that it is impossible. God said he's going to do a new thing. Alright? Alright, back in Isaiah 43. He said, I'm going to do a new thing. So you expect that new thing to be exactly that, something new. Alright? If a new thing came into your life and you knew how it was going to work out and you had it all figured out, then would it really be a new thing? It wouldn't be a new thing. You would have been experienced at it. It would be an old thing. 
So God said he's going to do a new thing. It's something that you might not be prepared for. Amen? So when this thing starts manifesting in your life, this new thing, don't throw it away by you doubting how it's going to be, how it's going to happen. Don't negate or put a damper on your blessing by challenging God. Simply say, okay, Lord, so it be according to your word. Because with you, nothing is impossible. You know? And this goes as far as your prayer thing is concerned, too. As long as you're praying within God's word, you're not praying to, to show you, I'll show you how I can just go through and, you know, and uh, all of a sudden miraculously own Walmart or something like that. And everybody just, you know, bows down and gives me Walmart, some crazy thing. You know, I mean, you're, you're praying for something. Where God is going to be glorified, you pray for a new job, you don't think God gets glorified? God gets glorified by the fact that you got this new job and that you're also able to give more to him, perhaps. Amen? So you're glorifying God. So don't, so don't go thinking that this new thing that God will do in 2017 is going to be something that is so totally impossible. Amen? The last scripture I promise you is Psalm 34. And then we'll close. Psalm 34. Oh, God's a good God. Amen, amen, amen. Time for us to open our eyes. So what do we do? What things should we remember in this new season? In believing, you know, that, that God will turn things around in our lives if things need to be turned around, you know. Sometimes it's not a matter that, you know, you're going into 2017 and your life is so bad and so miserable. Sometimes that is just that in 2017 there's something that you want to do. There's maybe a new direction or maybe there's just a feeling that, Lord, something's got to change, you know, you know. And not necessarily maybe all the time that something has to change, but you feel like, Lord, I want there to be a change. Maybe there's something new that you're praying for, okay? Maybe you feel that Holy Spirit already is giving you an inkling. You feel a pulling in your spirit that there's something that you want to do. In 2017, you feel like this is going to be the year that this is going to manifest, and you're not sure how that's going to happen. You see, you see, you see. So all of those expectations for 2017, don't let the devil steal them by making you doubt, by making you fold up, fold in, by getting you worried. You know, just remember that I'm I'm coming home. I've dedicated this year 2017 and rededicated my life to the Lord, so to speak. The prayer that we prayed was not a prayer of salvation because everyone in this sanctuary, as far as I know, is saved and born again. So it's not like you are praying for new salvation. But it's certainly scriptural for you to say at this point in life, okay, I'm rededicating this time, this season to you, Lord. Take me, show me what you will, what it is you would have me to do. So as these things are unfolding before you, you have to believe that God is going to be there, you know, and that you're not going to go um, uh, prematurely, you know. Or not taking your wants for 2017 and putting them above God. Alright. You may feel that this is a year. You know. I need to do something else. I remember one year. forget which birthday it was. (laughs) And I remember saying, gee whiz. I think Bush was just a present. Gee Bush is younger than me. <laughs> what have I accomplished compared to Bush? As you get on this thing, well, 2017, 
this is what I feel I should be accomplishing because of my age, my status in life, where I am, how long I've been a Christian. You know, been a Christian all my life. I should be in the Vatican. You know, I hope you don't pray that. I hope you don't pray that. But the point I'm making is that 2017, maybe there's some aspirations that you have where you think you should be. Well, take some time to ask God, is this where you want me to be? And if it is, how am I going to get there? And leave it to God. You get to the point, I think many of us as Christians feel like there's like a, this balloon that's just growing, blowing up, blowing up, blowing, getting tighter and tighter and tighter, and it feels like it's about to burst, that there's supposed to be some change. Jesus could return in 2017. That'd be a great thing. Okay? But if he doesn't, that great thing that you want in life, or you're just simply tired of life the way it is, there must be. How many have prayed that prayer or thought that thought, God, there must be something else better in life than this for me? How many times have we felt that? Lord, I know there's something else for me to do. Okay? Well, let me tell you something. That is one of the greatest positions that you can be in as a Christian where you feel that there is something greater in life for me to do for you okay consider where it is there must be something greater in life for me to do in you because don't forget if that greater thing in life for you to do in him and is focused on him and the desire is focused on him then guess what that's only got to benefit you. Because whatever you're doing greater in God, God is going to manifest that in your life. You can't do greater in God if you are not doing greater. You understand what I'm saying there? Okay, okay. How can you be bringing other people to the Lord and talking about you'll prosper if, if you come to the Lord and, and this and that, and you're running out there with holes in your shoes and tattered clothing, and you're going to say, this is the God that I have. Look how I've prospered. Amen. I'm just using prosperity as an example. There. Amen. So if you're saying in 2017, Lord, I feel like there's something greater for me to do. Or there's something greater that, that, that I want to do. I'm not satisfied where I am. Okay. Then turn that question to him. For 2017, Lord, what can I do for you? I feel like these are the parameters of my existence within this box. I feel like there's some punching out I need to do. I feel like there's something else. I feel like my relative so-and-so needs this. I feel like the so-and-so, I feel like this, I feel that. Things are not happening in my relative's life. You know, many of us have a burden for our loved ones. Okay, and that's, that's well, it should be. But don't forget, the burden is not yours. The burden is God's. So all we can do for those loved ones that are out there for 2017 is, is to pray for them and maybe ask the Lord, Lord, give me some guidance into how you may want me to be involved with that life or with that person. Don't go taking it upon yourself. Amen. Amen. Come home. God is just waiting and wanting us to simply come home and seek him, to put him first in our lives. Amen. Amen. All right. Psalm uh, 34 here. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. 
You want to do better for 2017. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Underline. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. And, and those fears can be everything and anything including where you want to be, what you want to do, people you're dealing with, the circumstance that you're in, something you're hoping for, a job, a house, whatever it might be, whatever those fears are. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked, they looked unto him and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps round about them that fear him and delivers them. You understand that? Put a verse, uh, put a highlight around verse number 7. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. And this fear is talking about reverence, it's not being afraid of him, it's talking about revering him, holding him in reverence. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come, you children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that, des- that desireth life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and save such as to be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. He keepeth all his bones, and no, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they shall hate the righteous, uh, and they that, that hate the righteous shall be desolate. And there's a lot of that going on today with hate for the righteous. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. All right? None of them that trust in him shall be desolate. So in 2017, in going forth, Remember the scriptures that we've read today. Hopefully you've highlighted some of them and maybe taken some notes so that you can revisit them. But remember that everything is in God's time. Every single step that we take is if we follow his, his unction and follow what he's calling us to do, when he's telling us to do it, you'll wind up being blessed. Okay? We as Christians, at least I can speak for myself anyway, I don't believe in coincidences. Everything that happens is by God's design. You know, I run into people in various stores and shops or whatever like that, and you know, there's always some purpose to that, to that happening, to that, uh, to that meeting. You know, you, you just you just don't know what God is orchestrating in in your life. That's why you need to be more prepared and hear His voice. Amen, amen. So look forward to a blessing for 2017. Expect a blessing. Look forward to a blessing in 2017, and knowing that things that you've been wrestling with, God will show you the way how to deal with them, and will bring you out of any issues or any conditions that you might be in and just look forward to having joy in your life especially. Amen, amen. I pray this message was a blessing to all and now before we close let us prepare to honor God with our tithes and offerings.